It's, it's the Game Day Tailgate Show with Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. It's Black and Abdallah on a Sunday, getting you ready for the Bears and the Vikings. The Bears heading into this game 1-4, and four, the Vikings 1-4. and four. And kind of when you look around the division, yeah, Detroit looks like a really good football team. Green Bay looked bad last week. So, you know, there's opportunity on the table for the Chicago Bears to turn their season around. And it starts today against the Minnesota Vikings. You'll hear the game kickoff at noon. Joniak and Thayer right here on ESPN 1000. And then also the pregame show in one hour. Sylvie, Lance, and Dion inside Gato at Soldier Field. If you're walking up into the south end zone, uh, those steps right there is the sta- uh, studio. Uh, the stage, you can see Sylvie, Lance, and Dion go stop by on your way to the seats. Uh, they'll be there 10 to noon right here on ESPN 1000, getting you ready for Bears football, your home of the Bears, ESPN Chicago. All right, Abdallah, here we go. Uh, two one and four teams, and essentially what we saw from last week against the Commanders, the Bears won that game 40 to 20, the best game that they've played in two years, I think. You saw both the, the defense show up. You also saw the offense look great from the start. The offensive line played well. And here you go. You have a team that has an opportunity now to make some uh, noise as far as trying to turn their season around. I don't think one win means anything unless you follow it up today with a great performance, especially from the quarterback, because then you're, you're stringing together multiple games in a row, and that's going to be a better way to handle... Uh, for us, the way this season will go, because otherwise, you know, you win that one pop-up game, you go back to losing. It's like it feels like the season will be lost if that's the case. Today is such a big game for Justin Fields, for Matt Eberflus, and for this team. Yeah, absolutely. I think that you know, if you look at Fields' last two weeks, sixty-seven percent uh, completion percentage, eight touchdowns, one interception, seven sacks. Although most of those, for once, were not actually his fault. Uh, those were like quick sacks because the line protection breaking down, stuff like that. He's also had 15 carries for 82 yards. So they're using his legs, but not relying on his legs. They're running the ball much more efficiently than they have. The offensive line has played really well the last two weeks as far as uh, in run protection and, you know, blocking and all that kind of stuff. Now, uh, Equimini St. Brown isn't going to be there. He's a very good uh, blocker. He's not going to be uh, playing today. He's inactive. He's on IR, so he's not going to play. Um, so Robert Tunyon might get some more snaps. They've been running a lot more two tight end sets to get more protection for Justin Fields to you know open up the run game, open up play action, all that kind of stuff. You need to build off of a week and a half ago. You've had 10 days to prepare for this game. It's a division game. You're not completely out of the playoff picture just yet. It's tough. It's tough. The Lions started 1-6 last year. They were within a game of making the playoffs last year. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. But you need to look at what's in front of you. And today, you have a winnable game at home. They still have winnable games on this schedule. And Justin Fields still has a chance, based off the last two weeks, to prove that he's worthy of picking up the fifth-year option and an extension here, and the Bears and Bears fans not having to worry about watching games on Saturday to select a new quarterback, right? Like, best-case scenario, he goes out there, plays well. I don't need four touchdowns. I don't need 400 yards or whatever it is, 350 yards. 
Just win the game. Like, find a way to win the game. Be efficient. Be productive. Don't turn the ball over. Last week against the Commanders, no turnovers. Yeah. Didn't fumble the ball, no interceptions. Great game from Justin Fields. Obviously, he played well against the Broncos. Then he got to the fourth quarter. Two turnovers cost him the game. So if they don't have those two turnovers, maybe we're talking about this being their third win in a row. You know, because you're going to look back at that Broncos game the last two weeks and you're like, how the hell did they lose that game to the Broncos the way that they've been playing? Also, I think on the other side of the ball, Chris, you have to generate pressure and you have to get home. We saw them get home against uh, Sam Howell. They sacked the quarterback a bunch of times. That's how you win football games. Against Baker Mayfield, they generated pressure, didn't sack him. Guess what? Looked like he was playing for Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. You did that against Mr. Dangerous or Dangerous or whatever it is. Uh, against <laughs> against Mr. Spicy Mr. Sandwich. Yeah, Mr. Danger Sandwich. Mr. Spicy Sandwich. Yeah, yeah Mr. Uh, and guess what? He was very spicy against you because you didn't get home and he escaped <laughs> the pocket and, and made something out of nothing. So you have to get home against Kirk Cousins. You have to generate pressure. Eddie Jackson told us himself, if you let him sit back there and pat the football, he's going to pick you apart. I don't yeah. care if Justin Jefferson's out there or not. If you let him sit back there comfortable in the pocket, he's going to pick you apart. You cannot let that happen. This is just a big a game for Justin Fields as it is for the defense to build off of the momentum that they had last week in generating pressure against Sam Howell, generating turnovers, getting sacks, and doing all that stuff. So you have to build off of that and find ways to get to Kirk Cousins, make him uncomfortable, and cause sacks. This entire season is trying to figure out if the Bears have a quarterback that you can trust for the future who has a chance to be a star. The last two weeks, those who want to detract from what Fields has done can point to the caliber of the defense they faced off against. Denver, Washington, both teams with with defenses that rank towards the bottom. If you go to uh, defensive yards per play, Washington's 29th, Denver 32nd. This week, Minnesota's 12. So... Mm -hmm. If Fields is successful today, that's against a good defense. You can't detract the way that you did the last couple of weeks by saying, well, the Broncos suck and They're the Commanders are terrible. defense. Yeah, and so, so there's that. I, I think also we were wowed by the passing game from Fields to, to DJ Moore last week. I would say still commit to the run. The, the run game is why, why Justin Fields was able to, to take advantage of passing down the field, open it up, and then knowing that you can use both and have a well-balanced offense from Luke Getze, that's kind of what it's all about. And I think that's where you can mix in six or seven Justin Fields runs. You know, you're down a couple of running backs today, so you may need that a few times. I, I think there's an opportunity here, though, to run the football and to keep the offense balanced. That's what happened, you know, as the season started, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and then the the Chiefs game is it felt like they lost any balance that they were creating at the end of last season where they ran the football first and then they passed off of that. That to me is when Fields is at his best is when they try to establish the run with the offensive line and those guys are moving people. That's when the Mm -hmm. offense is at its best because then you can use the play action to your advantage. You get Justin outside of the pocket and you utilize his athletic ability to fit within the offense. You're not just saying step back there, seven-step drop, and figure it out for yourself, kid. Like, and, and that's where I think finally against the Washington game, in the Washington game, the first couple of quarters of the, the Denver game, you're starting to see what we kind of saw last season with this offense, except now he has a number one wide receiver. 
Last year, when Getze and Fields were doing this with the offense, he had EQ St. Brown as his best option as a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's not necessarily a shot at, at St. Brown. It's just the fact of the matter is DJ Moore is a much, much better receiver. You saw it against the Commanders. He was outstanding. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that was his, you know, uh, breakout game for the Bears here. He had his, his career night for him, so it was a breakout game for him, too. And you want to see more of that. I want to see more out of Darnell Mooney today. Obviously, with EQ St. Brown out, you're going to see more Felix Jones, maybe some Tyler Scott in there. Um, but if you look at it, Chris, the last two games, they'd have over 170 yards rushing. And they found ways to move the football on the ground and through the air. Before that, they had 122 yards to Green Bay. They lost that game. 67 yards against the Bucks. They lost that game. 113 yards against the Chiefs. They obviously lost that game. So I think that the key is to get to like 175, 180 yards because that takes pressure off of Justin Fields. Now, you're going to be missing a couple of your running backs here because Roshan Johnson has not been out of concussion protocol and uh, Khalil Herbert is on IR. So you've got uh, some guys here that are going to have to step up. It's going to be Deontay Foreman's game uh, for him. And then that's kind of it. They signed a guy off of the uh, Dolphins practice squad uh, that might be active today. So he might get some carries as well. They were, they were going to the fullback at the end of the, uh, the commander's game as their main running back. So it's going to be us. you know, you don't have a lot of bodies at running back, which might hinder some of the running game. But if the offensive line is blocking well like they have the last two weeks, I think they can find success. Another piece of the conversation heading into this game, uh, Adam Schefter reporting on ESPN.com that Kirk Cousins is expected to remain with the Minnesota Vikings this season, and he will not look to waive his no-trade clause in his contract. Cousins has been rumored for many teams uh, throughout this season as a possible trade candidate as we head towards the trade deadline in the National Football League on October the 31st. Uh, most notably, the Jets, right? Aaron Rodgers went down. Uh, they, they've been starting uh, with Zach Wilson, but he hasn't really played that well. And the Jets have title hopes. Uh, whether or not Rodgers makes it back in this season will be a different story. But Kirk Cousins from Schefter is expected to stay with the Vikings which, you know, as a Bears fan, you look at the whole uh, NFC North situation, I don't know if that really makes a difference because I think the Vikings are just not good. It's something that the stats told us last year. Uh, the advanced metrics, everything told us that they were not as good as their record of winning 13 games. Mm-hmm. We saw that when they got to the playoffs. They lost at home against the Giants, which we've seen to this point this season, the Giants are no good and their quarterback is not really good. Even though we were told in the studio that Daniel Jones is better than Justin Fields. I think someone specifically yelled at you someone during the summer. Someone who was sitting right yeah. here said that Daniel yeah. Jones was a great quarterback Somebody. because he was picked by yes. Brian Dable. Somebody said that. Brian Dable uh, said, I sign off on him, yeah. give him money, yeah. and uh, oh, sorry. yes, do that. Sorry, I had a cough. Okay. I didn't. I didn't turn my mic off. That's okay. You should. It's um, a fine, I believe, yeah. on that show. Yes, okay. correct. Uh, so that that's uh, uh, one piece of information, and then also uh, reporting live from Bearland, uh, as Black and Abdallah want to do on a, a Sunday morning uh, before Bears Vikings. Uh, we have taken quite a bit of calls in the last two weeks about the Bears using a potential number one pick mm-hmm. on USC quarterback Caleb Williams. Now, why does this matter today? Well, last night. USC traveled to South Bend, Indiana, and they got their doors blown off. Uh, Fighting Irish, 48. Trojans, 20. Caleb Williams did not look good. And from the start, USC was playing from behind. And 
on his three interceptions from the evening. His first one, he was backing up, and he flipped it over the middle interception. Second interception, he was off platform, moving to the left in the pocket, threw into double coverage, and it was tipped interception. And the third one, rolling out to his left side of the near the sideline, falling backwards, threw it into double coverage, intercepted. Uh, the point being is we've taken a lot of calls over the last two weeks on ESPN Chicago in regards to Caleb Williams being the savior, the next quarterback for the Chicago Bears. I think today is an opportunity for Justin Fields to go out there and play good football and to kind of squash some of that debate that we've been having here on the station from our listeners who are calling lusting over Caleb Williams Mm -hmm. because he had a really bad performance last night in South Bend against a team that was uh, lower ranked than USC, a team that had championship uh, hopes and aspirations, which that's all vanished now. And when you look at it, we're in the second week of October. There's a lot of football to be played. Justin Fields is now just starting to turn a corner. I hope there's more to this than what we've seen in the last two weeks. But also, if you're only sitting around watching Bears football, hoping for that next quarterback, you know, Guys who look great in September aren't always the guys that are going to be there at the end. And I'm not saying that Caleb Williams can't be a great football player in the future. It's just let's slow down the roll on just hoping and wishing that this season's already over for Bears fans and already looking ahead at the draft. I think there's an opportunity here for Justin Fields today. Yeah, I think so. Because, you know, the best case scenario for the Bears is that Justin Fields plays well the rest of the season. And, you know, not four touchdowns every single game, but holds, doesn't cost the team games, has, you know, uh, offensive outputs that you can say, okay, that's productive, looks the part. Like, I don't need to look at the box score and be like, oh, well, he only had, you know, three 350-yard games or more. And, like, that's, no, if he's not turning the ball over, if he's being efficient and winning football games and looking the part, like, he has to look the part. Like, the reason that Trubisky, ne- Trubisky never looked the part. You can look at box scores and say, oh, look at all the wins and look at all that kind of stuff. That's fine. He never looked the part, and that was the problem. And for the first three games in the fourth quarter of the fourth game, Justin Fields didn't hasn't looked the part. And so right now there are still more games where Fields doesn't look like it than he does look like it. Now there's still 12 games left this season where he can change that perception and we can say, hey, Aside from that quarter of the uh, the first three games and that fourth quarter of the, the Broncos game, Fields has gotten it. And that's best-case scenario because doing a full reset just sets everything back again. Doing a, Bringing in a new coaching staff, bringing in a new quarterback, trying to develop the quarterback, doing everything. Because we saw Caleb Williams is supposed to be this perfect prospect. Even he's got issues. And we also, we, we've taken a lot of calls on Caleb Williams. We've also taken a lot of calls on the Lincoln-Riley-Caleb Williams um, little combo, combo platter, and I'll tell you this, Chris. A little two I, for one. I'm more out on Lincoln Riley than I am on Caleb Williams. Well, you must like defense. I, I like because he guy, doesn't listen. He I, doesn't pay any attention to the defensive side. I like a guy that's prepared for football games. Wow. Okay, listen. You might not play defense, but is if your team is prepared to play a football game, as of right now, Lincoln Riley lost that game to Notre Dame, and you retweeted reporters from USC yesterday that said that there was conversation going into the game that Lincoln Riley doesn't understand the rivalry and looked at this as just another game. And that is something that doesn't fly. Lincoln Riley also uh, won in Oklahoma 0-3 in the college football playoff. Now, Chris, I, I'm i new to college football. 
Explain to me. It's fun. College football is a fun, fun after deal. After you play your conference yeah, championship you games, it. right? You play the conference championship games. Yeah. You get like you get you get a week to prepare, and then you play the yeah. playoff games, right? Yeah. It's just one week. It's not a full month, right? Like you don't get a full month to you, prepare. No, you for, get a lot of time. You get a lot of time. You get a lot of prep time. You get a lot of prep time <laughs> yeah. in those games. Okay. Yeah. He's zero and three in the playoff. He lost in it, uh, including giving up sixty three points to Joe Burrow in LSU. Yeah. Also, in every one of those seasons, he's lost a big rivalry game. He's lost to Kansas State, Texas, and Iowa State. Like the guy doesn't have his team prepared for big games. This was the knock I gave to Jim Harbaugh for years. Teams weren't prepared to be, to win big games at at Michigan. Finally, he's beaten Ohio State for the last two years. He's progressing. They lost in the playoff last year. Got his ass kicked in the playoff last year. See what they do this year if they get to the playoff, if they beat Ohio State at the end of the season, whatever it is, right? But the point is that, to me, Lincoln Riley doesn't understand physical football and uh, doesn't have his teams prepared for big games. Correct. Because I'm with you. If the quarterback isn't it for totally, Lincoln Riley, totally agree. If the quarterback isn't it, he's got nothing else. Oh, yeah. yeah. He doesn't have a run game. He nope. doesn't have a defense. He's got nothing. If the quarterback's having a bad game, the entire team's having a bad game. And normally, yes, I understand that that's the case in point, but you can win based off your defense sometimes. Sometimes your quarterback's not having a game. You can hang around in a game. They got absolutely pounded in Notre Dame and at, at, in uh, South Bend yesterday at Notre Dame. Well, and then that last week against Arizona, that's what happened is like Caleb Williams didn't play well, but his legs at the end were able to bail them out, even though their defense and the special teams was so bad. So like this, this is something as a USC fan, it was something I saw coming. Uh, this is going to be a tough game against Notre Dame. Did I expect them to lose by 28? Not necessarily, but I didn't expect them to win. And that's what I kept saying on the air is let's see how the next couple weeks go because everyone's propping up Caleb Williams as the next Patrick Mahomes. He struggled last night. He once again is calling teammates out, Mm -hmm. looked like arguing with coaches on the sidelines. Like None of that's new. That's something that's been there. Uh, And then also the Lincoln Riley stuff. Yeah, he doesn't care about defense. As long as his buddy Alex Grinch has a job, he does not care. It's un- it's unbelievable. Uh, so there you go. We're we're talking Bears and Vikings. Uh, yeah, if you want to discuss what the Bears should do with quarterback in the future, you're more than welcome to call us at 312-332-3776. I think today is the day where Justin Fields shows up and shows out. So we're going to talk Bears football with you. The new home of the Bears. It's, it's the game day tailgate show with Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. Don't don't say that uh, us Americans don't do anything for those across the pond. I mean, you show up, you play a football game, and all you do is kick. Uh, that's what's taking place. I believe it's hmm. nine to three. Ravens over the Titans right now. They're playing second quarter action. Nine minutes left in the second quarter. Nine to three. Only field goals is what's taking place over there. See, there you go. We're we're doing something. We're kicking for them. I'm, I'm fine with it. As someone who for, has the end for a light game. applause. Yeah. yeah. I'm good. Congratulations. With it. Julian on the south side. You're on with Black and Abdallah. What's up, Julian? How's it going, fellas? Good morning. What's good morning. Uh, first time caller. I appreciate you guys. I, I'm a big fan. Thank you. Thank you. What's up, man? Yeah, I want to shut down this whole Caleb Williams. I, I, I like, he comes out as me as like a diva. Like, I, I watch him and you don't throw your players under the bus. Like, I don't, I don't see the leadership that, that Chicago needs. And I think Justin Fields is, is, 
beyond better. And I like I like what's proven with my eyes. And you guys know how quarterbacks is. It's uh, hit or miss. Yeah, for sure. And and I do think Justin Fields has done a good job, even when he has been the reason they've lost games, mm-hmm. of taking the blame, not throwing uh, other teammates under the bus, and especially in-game. You don't see him uh, necessarily going after guys on the sidelines. Yeah, well, you Julian, you're, you're not, year. you know, I don't know how many USC games you've watched. The stuff that uh, Caleb Williams was seeing on the sidelines with last night, that's not new. That, that's that been happening for, for two years now. So it's a habit then. then. Yeah. I, I, I just yeah. like the commodity that Justin Field brings, and he seems like a hard-nosed guy. And like, Yeah, I he seems like a him, worker, you know? right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember first year when he came, he was the last man out. He was doing drills up the hill over there in Harris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and thanks for the call, Julian. Call again, all right, man? I feel like you have to be established to like scream at dudes on the sidelines after an interception and then going out and throwing another interception like it was it was objectively hilarious that he was yelling at guys on the sideline after an interception and then they got the ball back and he went out and just threw another interception Darren in Haywood <laughs> Indi- uh, Iowa you're on ESPN 1000 I mean I, to- I told you did I not tell you I told you Darren what's up <laughs> hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. Hey, um, you know, I love Justin Fields. I like him coming out of Ohio State. I think this guy can be good, but the first two weeks did not show me anything. The last two weeks has shown me something. If some chance he balls out these next three to four weeks before the what November turns around, that number one pick, you can get one heck of a haul for that pick. Sure. And you can build around Justin Fields, maybe get him all this Harrison Jr. But there's a left tackle I really like, and that's that Penn State left tackle. Mm-hmm. If you can get an offensive line that can protect Justin Fields, that guy can ball out. And we've seen it last week. He gets a pretty good defensive line. I mean, they were blocking really well the way he was throwing that ball around. But anyway, Thanks for taking my call, guys. Darren, what did you think of Fields? You've seen him the last couple of weeks. What did you like from him? Um, what I liked from him, the way he was um, handling, looking at his reads, um, he wasn't just checking down to one player. He was looking around. He sees DJ Moore wide open. He throws the ball downfield. Yeah. But that was a lot better than what we've seen in the first three weeks. Yeah, I'm with you. Thanks for the call, Darren. Appreciate it. Yeah, and, and that's where, uh, against the commanders, Justin Fields, uh, step back in the pocket. He made a decision. He let it rip. Yeah, absolutely. That's what was different about the Green Bay game, the Tampa game, Kansas City in that first half. He knew where he wanted to go with the football. If there wasn't, if it wasn't there immediately, he then made a decision, either got rid of it, went to that second option, a lot of little check downs, which are fine. That's okay. It's not going to win you games, but it won't lose the game finding the check down to the running back or a tight end, a safety valve, or if the pressure's there, get out of the pocket, throw it away. And that, I think, that's what you need to see. I think he's been growing through his pro- progressions too and going through the reads better too. Like he's not, the last two weeks, he hasn't been the one read quarterback. 
Like, he's gone through and been like, all right, that guy's not open, that guy's not open, all right, this guy's come back around this, okay, make the throw. Like, it's been very quick, and he's gotten the ball out faster, and, you know, there were a few plays against the commanders where those would have been sacks, but right before, you know, the uh, pocket collapses, he throws the ball away instead of trying to, you know, run to the right or the left. Like, he's making better decisions, and if they come out flat today with 10 days to prepare, yeah. it's going to be extremely disappointing to try to build off the momentum from the last two weeks, especially last week. If you win the uh, coin flip, uh, do you take the ball and go offense first like they did against the commanders? Do you do that again? Yeah, why not? I don't see why not. Roll the offense out there? Yeah. I try don't and get see... the lead early in the first quarter? They've been insanely productive the last two years, even when they were losing games last year insanely productive off the scripted plays the first two series, especially the very first series. Like, the first 15, they are insanely productive. So I have no problem. It was, I questioned it when they did it yeah. last week, but it was like, oh, they scored. Okay, fine. Well, it's also, it, the reason you question it is because almost every single team defers. Mm-hmm. Everyone does. I mean, I, the, the obvious reason is that you would want to try and get the ball at the end of the half to then get the double position possession back to back at the start of the next half yeah so like it makes sense to defer but you know i kind of like the the ballsy uh like all right we're gonna go take we're gonna take the football we're gonna score and we're in get a lead because you know you kind of saw the defense play a little differently in the first quarter knowing that you're not behind already Mm -hmm. and i i feel like that kind of sets the tone jeff and crown point you're on espn 1000 what's up jeff hey fellas What's let's up? get a uh, let's get a victory this let's morning. So yeah. I'm hoping everybody chills out on Caleb Williams. <laughs> oh, he's the man, blah, blah, blah. He's the greatest thing ever. Well, yesterday I'm go Irish, by the way. And Fight you know, on. it's yeah, dude. So Peyton Manning, Troy Aikman, they weren't made overnight. You need to develop this kid. I'm a huge number one fan. Justin Fields is our guy. We've got our number one receiver in DJ. Go get Marvin Harrison Jr. Go get a left tackle and a center and an edge rusher. I don't want to hear this. Let's trade Justin. You've got to see what he's going to do. We're not going to do anything with playoffs. I was all in the Kool-Aid earlier thinking, oh, we're going to do this. Just go get three touchdowns, one pick, four touchdowns, no picks. Do what you're going to do. Ball out. Hey, he's my fantasy quarterback, so which is awesome right now. But I just want chill out. Enjoy the game. Our defense sucks right now, so go get some pieces on that and then enjoy it. And then next year, Detroit's going to do what Detroit does. They're going to falter down the end. It's it's inevitable. So if Green Bay ain't doing anything, Minnesota isn't doing anything, it's a good time to be in Chicago. Wow. Going to the Bears uh, or the Blackhawks home opener, too, next weekend, which is going to be awesome. So nice. bear down and love hearing you guys, man. You don't need to replace Greeny's time slot again, too, because it sucks from 10 to noon without y'all. Thank, thank Thanks, you, Jeff. Jeff. Appreciate the kind words. Thank you. Thank you. Take Appreciate care. it. There he is. Jeff in Crown Point on ESPN 1000. It's Black and Abdallah <laughs> on a Sunday previewing the Bears and the Vikings. ESPN Chicago. Chicago. It's the game day tailgate show with Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. We're 25 minutes away from the start of the network pregame show of Bears football on ESPN Chicago. Sylvie Lance and Dion, you'll hear them here on ESPN Chicago from 10 to noon, walking you into coverage of kickoff between the Bears and the Vikings on ESPN 1000. Also, if you're going to the game inside Gate O, that's where the stage is. 
As you enter the South End Zone, you cannot miss them. Stop and say hello. See our pregame show. We're live right there inside the stadium, inside Gato. If you're going to the game, uh, Bears and Vikings right here on ESPN 1000. Monday night, Abdallah, we will have Bears night in Chicago, presented by Miller Lite, uh, with Eddie Jackson. And this Monday night from 6 to 8, we will be at 115 Bourbon Street in Marionette Park. Looking forward to that on Monday. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. We'll hang out with Eddie Jackson. Hopefully he plays today. We'll get the inactives here in a couple hours, and uh, hopefully he plays and the defense has a good game. Maybe we'll talk some spooky season with him tomorrow, too. Yeah, why not? A. Jackson's been fantastic, so check out the show tomorrow night, 6 to 8, Marionette Park at 115 Bourbon Street, Bears Night in Chicago, presented by Miller Lite. This week, when we talked to A. Jackson, we started our conversation about Justin Fields, the quarterback, and how he looked against Washington. He played very, very well. You know, he was so poised. You just seen him go through his progression, him in the pocket. It's like he was being himself. You know, he wasn't, it didn't look like he was overthinking nothing. He was taking the reads that came to him. And him and DJ, man, that connection that we've seen all through camp, all through OTAs, man, it finally, it finally showed up big time in this game. And you just see him just continue to grow week, week, week by week, week by week, you know, blocking out all the negative noise. And, and he continues to work, man. And that's one thing about Justin. You know, if you don't know him, you talk to him, man. Justin's a, he's a level guy. Like, he doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. And when he doesn't play his best ball, even if we feel like he played a good game, he's back in the lab working. I think that's why it was notable a few weeks back when he said to the media that he didn't feel like he was in the position to really succeed yeah. based on coaching. And it kind of bubbled up into a big, um, you know, media conversation yeah I'd say like because it wasn't a controversy yeah there was no controversy to it it was a conversation that we talked about and, and fans were talking about um i think that's what's notable about that situation is he is so even keeled yeah. that you don't really get yeah. something to kind of tell you and like what i picked from it was he was telling us like listen i'm trying to do it it's not working yet yeah but this is how i feel type of thing and that's why it was notable so it's good to see finally like the success is starting to come. Back-to-back games, you know, the four touchdowns, the nowhere interceptions. Yeah. It, it seems like things are really starting to turn for the offense. It, it, and it definitely is. And, and even with the thing when he said about coaching wasn't too much of like, oh, yeah, coach is just making me out like a yeah. robot. No, it was, it was more based on, all right, coaching's trying to give me this, this concept or looking at the game this way, but I'm used mm-hmm. to looking at it this way. So I feel like going into these last two weeks, he kind of, okay, let me take a little bit of this and still do what I'm good at and just kind of combine it. And, you know, mm-hmm. we've seen a lot of different things with plays with him, you know, small boots, get him moving, get him running, a few new quarterback design runs that also was thrown in there. So just having him doing things that he's comfortable with, and I feel like he just, he just continued to hit his stride. Right now. I compared it to a golf. You ever play golf? So, yeah, golf. so okay so when you're golfing if you take a lesson or you're watching videos you're sitting there and you're like all right my feet have to be here my hands have to be here i gotta sit here and i gotta do yeah. you're thinking about 30 For, things exactly. before you actually hit the ball rather than just walking up and hitting the ball exactly. and i feel athlete, like right? i feel like that's what he was exactly. trying to say exactly. Exactly. where he was trying to say no there's just too much going on yeah. i need to just see the play and have it come to me is there a point you've seen a lot of quarterbacks you've seen a few quarterbacks here in chicago can it really just turn in a game like if justin continues to play like this for the next few games can we point to a time the first four games and these last two games is can it really just turn from game to game and you just say oh he's got it like it yeah. he's finally picked it up yes and that's and that's a lot to do with a bunch of different players you know mm-hmm. when you learn a scheme and you get comfortable 
and especially with the momentum. You know, momentum is a big thing in football. It's all sports, I feel. So right now, Justin, like I said, he's comfortable. Like, if you see him in practice, just going through his reads, his keys, um, you, he just looks more comfortable. He looks more natural, you know. And like I said, the, the way they, they drew the scheme up from these last two games is just – it just shows you, like, man, it's, it's going to be a long season for us. You know, it's also one of those things where Coach Blues has talked about complementary football. Yeah. And we saw that against the commanders, right? Turnovers leading to, to the offense, yeah. scoring touchdowns. And I think that's something also that hasn't quite been there. Um, when we were talking about the losing streak, it's like even if the defense made a play, the offense would then settle for a field goal. The offense would go down and score a touchdown, the defense would then give up a drive that would then put the offense right back on the field. And what we saw against the commanders is both units yep. working together. Uh, I said on Friday night after the uh, the game on Thursday that that was the first game I could remember in a long time where the offensive line controlled yeah. the first half, controlled it, yeah. opened up holes for the run game, pass protect, the whole thing, and then the defense. Defensive line, yeah. Billings popping through on the third and short, short. Yeah. making a making mm-hmm. noise and making plays and really establishing. Like as a Bears fan, we haven't seen the lines dominate the way that we saw on Thursday yeah. night in quite some time. It was it was very impressive. Yeah, and I feel like that's just a thing of you know everyone learning and growing together. You know, it's still a new unit. You know, everyone's first four or five games of playing with each other. A lot of guys miss training camp. You know, guys miss OTA. So this is the the, the closest that guys get to really mesh and work as one, you know, even with Nate, Tevin, you know, Larry, those guys, and we got D Walker and everyone on the on the D line that's working together, and everything's starting to mesh together right now. And I feel like that's what happened last week. And also with Flus, you know, he's getting comfortable with it. You know, he's his head's coaching role, and now he had to put his head coaching role down to pick up the D coordinator role again. Yeah. So he got to get his feet back wet in it. And, it just, it's starting to pay off right now. Have you noticed a difference with Flus as the defensive coordinator in games? Oh, I know yeah. that you haven't been out there, right, since, yeah, since he, yeah. he took over. Uh-huh. But have, yeah. have you noticed just being around it, in-game coaching, the yeah. whole thing? Just the play call. Even from last week to this week, like, he's steady, he's, he's steady making these little strides that we like, you know, being more on the aggressive yeah. side, you know, letting his aggressive side show, you know. So, and Flus is a smart guy. You know, he always had, what, a top ten defense when he was at the coach, so. It speaks for itself, everything he's done in the NFL and in the league. So we just got to trust in his plan and go out there and execute it as best of our ability. I know we're talking a lot about the offense, but what I liked, if you go through the drive chart here for Washington, punts, punts, field goal, interception, end of half. When you're watching this defense play and you're watching them on the sidelines, how much of the last week starts to creep in and you're like, okay, we were up big last week, we're up big this week. What's being said, what's being told to the other guys like in the locker room at halftime, that kind of stuff, to not have the same thing happen that happened against the Broncos? Just stay focused. You know, that was the the main thing. Hey, everyone, look, calm down, stay locked in. It's 0-0. You know, the scoreboard is off to us. You know, it's 0-0. We're not up. We're going to keep this thing going and not letting them back in this game. You know, last week was... It was. It hurt, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I said, man, like to go out there and lose that game like that. And, you know, if you look at these last two weeks, like Coach Flew said, it was one quarter of a bad ball we played in the last two weeks. You yeah. know, we played three strong quarters against Denver, and it was that last quarter that we stuck. And this last game, I feel like we played a full game, you know. So that was the message. Look, everyone stay locked in. Go out there. Let's continue to dominate. And let's continue to go home with this victory. And I feel like everyone knew that. You know, you got that taste in your mouth when you're up. And, you know, yeah, we thinking it's a walk-off win. And you let a, a, let a team come back and put that L on your your record, so everyone was very locked in the whole game. Fair so down, I don't baby. know if you know this, but uh, last week, mm-hmm. your comments about Sam Howell 
made a little bit of noise. Uh-oh. And uh, so we ask you now for what do you think of Kirk Cousins? <laughs> Having faced him a few times, yeah. you kind of you addressed it a little bit last week about no uh, going against a guy who you're familiar with versus a guy who you're not familiar with and Sam Howell. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Kirk Cousins as a quarterback, and how do you prepare to face him this week? I mean, Kirk Cousins is a vet. You know, he's a savvy vet. Um, he can kill you if you let him. If you let him sit back there and pat the ball all day, I mean, he, he will slice and dice you, and that's just the realistics of it. Uh, but you give him a little pressure, get him knocked off, off his, off his rhythm, it's going to be tough. And when you take away a guy like Justin Jefferson from him, he, he seems, you know, typically seems to struggle. And I feel like what, had, what, what he had a lot of success from back in the day is the run with Dalvin Cook, you know, being able to balance the run in the past, not, not having Dalvin. It's kind of a it's, it's going to be kind of tricky, but you know we still can't put anything past him. We still got to come out there, play on top of our keys, put a little pressure on him, get him out the pocket, get him moving a little bit, and, and he'll throw that ball up as we we all know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and when you kind of look at the defense overall at that offense, yeah. is there opportunity there? Because I think there is an opportunity for the offense yeah. to kind of move the football on this Vikings defense. Not as tough as we've kind of seen in years. Yes, past. exactly. You know they got rid of a lot of guys, yeah. so. And right now, the way our offense is clicking, man, I'm taking them against no matter who we play. You know, long as <laughs> just throw the ball to DJ. You know, <laughs> that's the new that's the new thing. To throw it to DJ, man, 230 yards, man. I'm just excited to see what he does this week. Are you guys aware? And does Coach Eberflus let you know that you guys are an underdog at home against the Vikings? No, nah, so we really never get into the points of okay. things of, of what they got us as. Our, our mindset is: look, come in here, work. Let's be one to know this week, and that's just how we attack every week. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I think what some fans kind of look at it as is like we suggest, hey, perhaps it could be bulletin board material. Perhaps it's something that it's a rallying cry. But you're saying that no, it's we look. Because we every have game. had coaches use it here in the past. Like yeah. Lovey Smith Lovey would use Smith it. Would he would he would put every article on the board. Yeah. He would put every point spread on the board and be like, they don't think we can win this oh, weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. And they would go in and kick ass and be like, he would come to the podium afterwards and be like, so how about those Bears? <laughs> and like you'd be like, oh man, okay. Because like we've talked about games and. We we compared this game yeah. to us. This was a Lovey Smith type win. Like this was a game where you guys weren't favored. Short week, a lot of injuries, everything piling up. Well, you, you know, know on, on TV before the game, everyone's picking commanders, yeah, commanders, 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 the whole oh, the, uh, the broadcast. Yeah, yeah. The broadcast. so we look at that, and again, you come, and now after this win, you you know you blot the commanders by twenty points on the road. You come home to a team that just lost to the to uh, the Chiefs uh, yesterday on Sunday. And you're like, oh, we're we're an underdog at home. Like we, we've seen coaches use it before, so that's why we're wondering if like you guys look at it or the other coaches might use it as motivation to try to get you guys ready for the game to see the disrespect, the kind of disrespect that they're yeah. showing. What's the what, what, what's the what's you the, guys are a three point underdog. Oh, man. Come on. <laughs> now you know you can take it in tomorrow if you want to. Be like, hey guys, it's a rivalry week, man. That's all we need to know. This is the division opponent. We don't care about no score or nothing. This is the division opponent. Um, you know, obviously the memories you have. You've been with the Bears for a while now, playing against Minnesota, playing against the Vikings, playing in this divisional game. What are some of your uh, memories of playing this team throughout your years here? Oh uh, man, you just got to stay on top of them. You know, if you let them get off to a hot start, you know they can start picking up momentum pretty fast and. You just this is the type of game that is going to come down to the end. You know, everyone knows, you know, this it's a rivalry game. It's a division opponent. So, they well aware just like we well aware. We just got to come out and play full for four quarters of ball. Is there anything more annoying than that horn at I know this one's at home, but yeah. that horn at Viking Stadium. Is there anything more annoying than that in the NFL? 
probably the, the Green Bay Packers cheese heads. Oh, the head, uh, just yeah, seeing those, just, you don't yeah, like yeah, seeing yeah, those. Yeah. That's fair. That's just fair. Lactose intolerant. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Go Pack Go chant is pretty obnoxious. Yeah. yeah. But the, the Viking horn is, <laughs> is annoying. And, the, they and to also be blatantly have, honest, we love the Vikings. Like, the stadium, the doom, doom, oh, skulls. Yeah. Like, that, it gets you fired up. Well, what do you so? What do you think about that? Because that's like a new tradition they started with the new oh, yeah? stadium. Oh, I never knew. So, that. so they they started that up with the new stadium because they wanted to model it after like European soccer teams. Uh huh. Because all European soccer teams have chants like that. Yeah. And that's kind of where the skull chant came from. Yeah. Uh, as an opposing player, it's kind of cool to kind of see that. Yeah, it gets us. Fi- yeah, it gets us fired up too. It gets us fired up. And so, then you ideas like, man, what if we could yeah. do something like this? So, Eddie, as we uh, wrap up the show this week and we look forward to Minnesota, uh, some of the talking points, some of the things that fans should kind of key in on as we focus on the Vikings for you, for you guys in this contest on Sunday. What are you thinking about? We just got to stay on top of our keys. Like I said, get Kirk Cousins uncomfortable. You know, don't let him sit back there and pat the ball and go through his read progressions. You know, take away his first read, you know, and you know, a lot of things are going to come into play if, if, if Justin Jefferson plays. So we got things we're going to, you know, contain him and slow him down. But a lot of it's going to be on us. We got to continue to get better at tackling. You know, I, I think we lead the league right now and miss tackles. So we got to get better at that, continue taking the ball over, and just keep doing what we've been doing, man, and just finishing this thing out. Did you watch Quarterback? The show with uh, Cousins and Mahomes? Uh, no, nah, Netflix. You didn't watch it? No, nah, I didn't watch okay, it. Okay, I just want to see if you get an inside look. Kirk Cousins, maybe some trash talk for him. Take yeah. it from I'll, there. I'll say it. I'll say <laughs> it. Want to. He's a bit of a dork. He's a dork? I'll say Use it. that. I'll say it. I'll say it. Call he Kirk said Cousins it. a dork. On the he said it. Here's, no, I said on it. On Sunday, I want you to I want you I intercept show, one of his balls, run is. right past him, and just go, gotcha, dork. dork. <laughs> just keep running. <laughs> There he is, Eddie Jackson, with us on Monday night. That's right, Bears, Bears night in Chicago, presented by Miller Lite. If he runs by Kirk Cousins today and goes, dork. dork. He's running into the end zone. That would be outstanding. Uh, catch us tomorrow night with Miller Lite and Eddie Jackson, Monday night, 6 to 8. We'll be at 115 Bourbon Street in Marionette Park. Eddie Jackson, Black and Abdallah, it's Bears night in Chicago. That'll be tomorrow night from 115 Bourbon Street. We'll see you there. It's Black and Abdallah. We'll get you ready for the network pregame show with Sylvie, Lance, and Dion coming up next. ESPN Chicago. Chicago. It's the game day tailgate show with Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. Thank you to Sean Graney and to Jake Cantu for producing today's show, Black and Abdallah. <laughs> We'll return tomorrow night with Bears Night in Chicago, presented by Miller Lite. We'll be with Eddie Jackson, 6 to 8. We'll be at 115 Bourbon Street in Marionette Park. Come on out, hang out. We'll be there with you tomorrow night, Bears Night in Chicago from 6 to 8. Adele, coming up next in about five minutes, we'll have the network pregame show with Sylvie, Lance, and Dion. They'll take you into coverage of the Bears and the Vikings on ESPN Chicago. Juniak and Thayer will have the call of the game. Jason McKee will be on the sidelines. After the game, you'll have two hours of post-game coverage from the network side with Peggy and Yurko. And then we'll have two more hours following Peggy and Yurko with Meller, Pat, and McKee. Uh, four hours of post-game coverage after the Bears and the Vikings end this afternoon. We've got you covered on ESPN 1000. It should be a great day for football. Yeah, it, it's, it's fall outside. It's officially fall. Hopefully you got your pumpkin patching done last week so you can enjoy the Bears game today. 
and uh, listening to it on ESPN Chicago. But hopefully Justin Fields can string together another good game here. So we're not talking about, uh, let's see, who does Drake May play next week? We'll figure out who Drake May plays next week. Scott, on the <laughs> south side, before we go to the network pregame show, what do you have for us? What's up, Scott? What's going on, Black and Abdallah? How What's are up, you? Hey, uh, so I called in earlier in the week to Captain Jay Hood, and yep. I told him that there was a segment about what do we need to see for Justin Fields to know that he's the future of our franchise. Mm-hmm. I honestly believe we've already seen everything that we need to see. Um, with, with, with the fact that we've had two head coaches, two offensive coordinators, it's just the Chicago way. We need to break the trend. We need to keep Justin Fields, get a king's ransom for these picks that we have, still somehow get Marvin Harrison Jr., and we need to put more around Justin Fields to develop him. And we talk about how the quarterback is the most important position out on the field. Well, why don't we have more more assets going towards making Justin Fields better? Why is it that we're so quick to get rid of our quarterbacks and not push through and make them a better quarterback? Yeah, and that's a fair point. Thanks for the call, Scott. I appreciate you. I'd say that's what Ryan Poles has tried to do. He added to the offensive line the offseason. He added a number one wide receiver. Uh, you saw DJ Moore have his best game against the commanders, and Justin Fields, in mm-hmm. result, had his best game. I don't think it's any surprise that the offensive line played one of its best games, your number one wide receiver had one of its best games, and your quarterback suddenly looks really good. Yeah. Now, it's consistently. It, he has to continue to do this. One game will not make or seal our opinion on fields for the future. But if he can do this consistently throughout the rest of this year, that would be a major step forward for fields, the offense, and and for this franchise. I still think he's the great unknown, though. Like, I don't think that we've seen everything that we need to see to make that decision. Like, if the season ended today... I think your decision based off last night, too, with Caleb Williams is that much harder. Like, I still think you need to, there's still more evidence out there that Fields is not the guy yet. Yeah, you had five games last year where you put up 30 points a game. Cool. But the, the games before that, he didn't look good. And the games when after he got injured, obviously he was injured, didn't look great. You have the first three games this season where Fields looked awful and we were like, this ain't it. Nope, he's not the guy. Sorry. And then he has a better performance against the Broncos, but cost them the game. And then he looked great uh, last week on Thursday against the Commanders. Like, I've got to see it for the rest of the season. There's still a lot of football left. There's still a lot of time left where he can prove that he's the guy and make this decision very easy for the Bears. Either way, he can make it very easy for them and say, nope, this ain't it, and we're moving on. Or make it very easy for them and say, hey, he's the guy. We're going to pick up the fifth-year option. We're going to do all that good stuff. It's going to be awesome. I think the Bears will get some light disruption on Kirk Cousins today. I think that they'll force a turnover or two. I think the quarterback will pick up where he left off last week against the Commanders. I have the Bears today winning 27-21. I think the Bears take care of business. They get back to this idea where they can fight for 500 and make this season worth a damn. Okay, I think that it is. I said earlier in the week that I was going to give out a weird score because yeah. of the wind. Okay. I don't think it's going to be that high scoring. 4 to 2? No. <laughs> no. I don't think it's going to be 4 to 2. That would be a weird I think, score. I think it's going to be 24 15. Okay. Bears. 24 15 Bears. Wow. 
Uh, that's a nice win. Bears. Wow. Okay. 24-15 Bears. All right. We're feeling it. The Bears and the Vikings, they'll have the kick at noon on the lakefront at Soldier Field. You can listen to it right here on ESPN Chicago. Coming up next, the network pregame show. Sylvie, Lance, and Dion inside Gate O at Soldier Field. You'll hear them coming up next. The new home of the Chicago Bears.